0: Ladies and gents, my name is Brandon Stover. Welcome to the How to Solve Climate Change course from Plato University. Causes, systems, obstacles, solutions to this global challenge is what you're going to learn here today. When you're ready to learn more skills, join us for free at Plato.University. Let's get started with today's lesson. At this point, you've heard about the problem and you've heard about the systems underlying the problem. In this next portion, we're going to discuss the causes and obstacles. But before we get to that, I want to introduce you to a tool that will help you through systems thinking and understand the relationship between these causes and obstacles to this system. And this tool is going to be the iceberg model. The iceberg model is a metaphor often used in systems thinking to illustrate the visible and hidden aspects of a system or a problem. Just as an iceberg has a small visible portion above the waterline, and a vast unseen portion beneath it, systems also have elements that you can see and underlying dynamics that are not immediately apparent. So if you can visualize an iceberg in your mind, there's the ice that's poking above the water, and then there's a few layers underneath that that are not visible. The tip of the iceberg represents the visible elements of a system or problem. These are the aspects that are easily noticeable, tangible, and often the focus of initial attention. They're the things that we can see, that we can observe. And oftentimes the things that the media goes wild about, because everybody can see it. But just like in the iceberg floating in the water, we have layers underneath that you can't see. Under the surface lie, one, the patterns of behavior over time that have led to this problem. Two, the systematic structures which cause patterns to occur. And three, mental models such as psychological or biological factors mindsets, worldviews, belief systems, and values that lead us to create the systems that contribute to the problem in question. The reason I'm presenting this iceberg model to you is it because it's becoming to allow you to identify the causes of problems at several levels so that we can identify leverage points for creating the most effective solutions. When we get to solutions later in this course, I'll go over what leverage points are and how you can identify them. But what I want you to understand now is that the sensational thing that is often shown in the media, the problem that's going on, has several layers underneath it that are actually causing that problem to be there. And the iceberg model highlights the importance of looking beyond the surface and delving into the underlying complexities of a system or problem. While addressing the visible symptoms might provide short term relief, understanding the hidden dynamics is crucial for sustainable solutions. As a system thinker, You're going to emphasize the need to explore the root cause, interconnectedness, and systematic influences that often drive the visible outcomes. You're not going to be everybody else putting a band-aid on the problem. You're going to identify the root causes, where is this coming from, and address your solutions there. Let's talk about how to use the iceberg model. It's gonna be very simple, and that's why this tool is so effective. You could even draw out an iceberg if you want, having the tip of the iceberg above the water, That's gonna be your first layer, and that's going to be the problem. In our case, the problems associated with our global challenge. Then beneath that waterline, you're going to have three layers. You're gonna have layer one, the patterns of behavior, layer two, the structure of the system, and layer three, mental models. At each level, the most important question to keep asking in the process of identifying the causes of problems is why. So the way you would do this with your iceberg is you start at the top, with your problem, the one associated with your global challenge. And then you ask why, why is this occurring? You might identify a pattern of behavior, a trend that is happening over time. And then you would ask, why is this happening? In doing that, you're going to see some structures to this system, parts that are related, that are influencing these patterns to occur. And then you might ask, well, why do these parts exist? Why is this structure in place? At which point, you're going to get your, to your fourth layer, that most mental models, the values, assumptions, and belief systems that are shaping this system, the reason that we put this system in place, or the reason that this system exists in nature. So let me give you an example of how you might use this iceberg model to illustrate these steps. Let's say you want to address the problem of the rising rates of type 2 diabetes among children. You might first ask, why has the rate of this condition increased among children and this why question will lead you to research revealing why this increased rate of type 2 diabetes in children has occurred much of this is going to be dietary factors which is going to lead you to ask more why questions such as questions like why are foods that lead to this condition so widely available why are these foods more widely available among groups leading to higher rates of type 2 diabetes among people living in poverty why are these foods so inexpensive? Why are so many of these foods served in schools? Why aren't children and their parents taught about the harmful impacts of certain foods? Why do we crave many unhealthy foods? Each one of these why questions is going to allow you to dig deeper. It's gonna bring you to doing more research, identifying different parts and different systems, different structures underlying this problem. The structures that you start to encounter are gonna be economic, production, legal, political, healthcare, educational, agriculture, advertising, family systems, so on and so forth. Each one of these are interwoven into this problem. Of course, you could even ask why questions of each one of those system parts and their interconnectedness to uncover subsystems within those, really getting into the nitty gritty structure underlying this problem. For example, when you start asking why fast food and junk food are so inexpensive, it may lead you to research revealing that the water used to irrigate feed crops and livestock, the pasture land, and the fossil fuels used at every level of production are all subsidized with taxpayer dollars. Without these subsidies, a fast food burger would be quite expensive since its production requires many expensive resources. The more questions that you're asking, particularly why, such as why do we allow unhealthy foods to be advertised to children, or why do we allow corporations to make donations to legislators, The deeper you will go in this iceberg, the more that you'll uncover, and the more areas that you may be able to use as leverage points in the system. As you begin uncovering each one of these, you may want to start putting them into systems diagram, outlining the elements and systems that you're identifying, and drawing lines and ways that these are interconnected, identifying feedback loops, so on and so forth that I went over in the systems thinking lesson. Now, we frequently have a hard time seeing current systems in our society as anything other than normal. It's just the way it is, the way you've lived, the way these systems have been going, the way we believe things should be. And this is the point when you start asking why. Why do we believe these things? What are the mindsets underlying these system structures? In our example, it's certainly possible that we could live in a culture in which unhealthy processed and junk foods weren't subsidized by tax dollars but there's some underlying assumptions for why it's set up the way it is right now. To uncover the mental models, psychological factors, worldviews, beliefs, and values that led us to these systems, we need to ask more questions. In our example, these questions might look like, why do we value free speech for a corporation so that they can advertise unhealthy, unsustainable food and offer campaign money to influence legislators over the health of children? What you might uncover is that freedom is one of the highest values in the US. Another why question could be, why do we eat foods that we know are unhealthy? What you might uncover is there's a biological craving for high calorie foods and salt, short-term desires eclipsing the long-term thinking. You might also ask, why have we allowed our tax dollars to subsidize unhealthy processed and fast food? What you might uncover is we aren't aware of the subsidies. We don't understand the systems that give rise to them, our education system doesn't include information on our food system. Food conglomerates are profit-driven and not public health-driven. And honestly, we just don't want to question low-cost foods. It doesn't cost much to feed us, so we're going to take it. These are the mental models and psychological, biological, world views, beliefs, and values that are underlying this problem. Again, all areas that we may be able to address. In the previous portion of this course, we began looking at the different major systems associated with the global challenge these were the obvious ones i urge you to keep researching less obvious ones you'll see that much of the foundations of our lives are interconnected when i presented to you the systems underlying the type 2 diabetes and children problem you've seen that there's so many systems so many ways if you want to actually solve these challenges you need to understand what happens when you pull on one string What does it do to the rest of the systems? What is it doing to the rest of the parts of our lives? In the next portion of this course, we will look at the root causes associated with our global challenge. These causes may fit in several layers of your iceberg model. Again, I urge you to keep looking for the unseen causes. The ones we present will just get you started. But today, take some time, start asking yourself, why is this problem occurring? Why are these systems in place? And as we go through the rest of the course, even to the point when we get to solutions, I want you to be asking why? Why are we implementing this solution? Why is this the best solution? Why would this not work? The more you're able to do this, the better ability you will have to actually solving this challenge. Thank you for taking the How to Solve Climate Change course. If you want to learn the skills to solve this global challenge, join us for free at Plato.University for exclusive content, extra resources, and actionable exercises with every lesson. This course was produced by Plato University, where students turn passions into purpose and learn skills to change the world. Learn more at Plato.University.